This podcast is sponsored by Podium. Podium serves more than 60,000 businesses and is a one-stop shop for all communication needs via text and other mobile messaging channels. Podium facilitates millions of member interactions, including loan and membership onboarding, voice of the member feedback surveys, review management, promotional messaging, and day-to-day member services. Visit podium.com slash CUNA to learn more. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. As the upcoming generation of consumers enters the financial services marketplace, credit unions should prepare to meet their expectations. Younger generations select financial institutions based on a very different set of criteria than their parents used. They look for convenient, digital-first, personalized experiences, and they're willing to walk away if a financial institution doesn't deliver them. I'm Casey Mishlevy, Deputy Editor with CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, I speak with Jamie Cosgrove, Head of Financial Services at Podium. Cosgrove explores in detail what the modern member expects from financial institutions, including the importance of a mobile-first, cashless transaction experience. He also shares how credit unions can build trust with these members and explains how their preferences fit into growing consumer acceptance of digital banking due to the coronavirus or COVID-19 pandemic. Cosgrove says there are many tools available to move credit unions in the right direction, and they can provide feedback much more quickly than ever before. Jamie, let's start off by talking about some of the changing generational trends affecting credit unions and other financial institutions. What sets today's younger consumers apart from other generations? I think the first thing that I think about is this new generation of consumer, of member is, it's a mobile first generation, right? They've grown up with smartphones. They've grown up sort of app centric and kind of the way they think about the world. And, you know, they've got a completely different expectation of what a normal experience should feel like, what it should look like. And they expect experiences to be done on devices. They expect experiences to be easy, personalized, sort of know me, guide me. And that's the same in their personal lives as it is in their financial interactions, right? And so they expect it to be mobile first. They expect it to be very easy to transact. And by and large, they expect it to be cashless. When I kind of think about how do we sort of address that and how do institutions go focus on that, it really just becomes about ensuring that that experience is similar for these generations in the business and the transactions of how credit unions or banks think about sort of interacting with these consumers is it's really got to be an effortless experience that first time. Otherwise, they'll go seek out those applications or those experiences where they can go find them. Clearly, younger consumers are choosing where to put their money based on a very different set of criteria as opposed to other generations. So when we think about relationships and customer service, What are these consumers looking for from the financial institution that they select? I think it kind of goes back to that similar point. If you look at, you know, members or customers from that sort of generation Y, generation Z, 
they don't have the same preconceived notion of what that should look like, of what any interaction should look like, let alone a financial interaction. And I kind of think about it in terms of how my parents transacted. You know, my father played golf with his wealth advisor. They were going physically into a branch bank location to meet with a couple times a year with their wealth advisor. They were going in physically into a bank before they went on vacation to get traveler's checks. It's been traditionally a very physical interaction with a human being. And so those relationships really matter, the relationships. And so, you know, you kind of think about a banker or a wealth advisor. In that generation, it was all about, I'll take my book of business with me, right? The sort of magic was in those relationships. And with this new generation, that doesn't exist. It's been much advertised, this sort of massive transformation of wealth, transfer of wealth that's going to happen over the next several years, uh, you know, in the trillions of dollars, changing hands from the baby boomer generation to these next generations. And when that happens, that sort of loyalty, which was physical and human, will change to necessitation of a more digital interaction, right? And so it just really becomes incumbent upon any organization to sort of map to that and mirror to that. Yes, there will be times that it's going to be physical and human, but you really have to be able to extend that type of loyalty and service out on the digital channel as well. And what role does consumer trust play for the next generation? Do credit unions need to think differently about earning trust in a primarily digital environment versus a physical environment? I think we all know trust is it's sort of a, a human behavior, right? For credit unions today, or, or maybe even prior to last March, trust was earned through relationships. And one of the things that I think credit unions do a great job of is service. And it's one of the ways that they've really been able to differentiate themselves from sort of the larger banks is on that customized service that, you know, know me, guide me type of approach. And, and so I do think that the world has changed, right? And I do think brand is becoming increasingly less important. The study that I've seen is about two thirds of all transactions today start on search. So if you think about that, people are still going to search and their definition of trust starts with, okay, when I go to search, I'm going to look at the review that I get from the institution, whether that's a sandwich shop, whether it's a credit union, whatever the case may be, they're going to go to their peer group to find trust because they don't have that existing relationship with trust. And so when I think about the challenge in front of a credit union today is how do you establish the trust that was once physical and you worked really hard at creating those sort of individual experiences? How do I create that trust out on digital? And, and one of the ways is sort of how you're perceived digitally from a brand perspective and sort of that crowdsourced concept of, I better have a good review and then when they click on my website, I better start that journey of making it a really sort of effortless experience. And then through that, I think that's where you'll build up trust. You'll build up trust through, wow, that was easy. And sort of bringing them in on digital and then handing it over to what you're good at, which is these physical, customized, personal human experiences. I'd like to go back to that idea of younger consumers having a different relationship to brand loyalty, because there's a lot of research out there that shows younger generations will switch to another provider very readily if they have a negative experience. And it really doesn't bother them that it might mean doing additional work to move their money, for example, as long as the experience is digital first and relatively easy for them to input their information. 
With that in mind, I'm wondering what strategies credit unions can implement to deliver service and experiences that create that customer loyalty and that stickiness. A couple of statistics I've seen is research suggests that over 75% of consumers, customers, members today, they don't see any differentiation of product. They just kind of think everybody provides the same financial products. And so what that means is experience becomes really, really important. And, And if you look at this new generation of member, potential member, their experiences with these consumer organizations like Amazon, Uber, Shopify, Robinhood, that same study suggests that over 90% of that generation, the generation Y and generation Z, if Amazon, Uber, Shopify, if those organizations, Google provided a banking product, 90% of them said that they would make that transition. And what that says is, The opportunity is there for organizations to sort of, again, take what they're really good at. So credit unions are really good at sort of, they've got the benefit that some of these digital organizations don't have, which is they've got the brick and mortar facility on the corner that they can leverage that some of the fintechs don't have. And so how do you sort of take that brick and mortar, I'm on the corner, I'm in your neighborhood experience, and now marry to that these digital experiences that some of these fintechs do have? I think that's where the opportunity is, right? I I think the opportunity is if you make that first experience sort of effortless and you communicate on the channels that they want to communicate on and you get that first product, I think most of us know that banks and credit unions sort of thrive on when you go from one product to two products in an organization. And I think the way you do it in the modern world is you do that with creating these sort of differentiated member and customer experiences. And when you do that, you're going to get another bite of the apple just simply because that first experience was such a great experience. And then it plays back into this social mobile world that we live in, which is I'm going to tell all my friends about it. And I'm going to tell everybody what a great experience that was. And that's where I think that opportunity is. Yes, maybe the first engagement, the first product is checking savings account. But that second opportunity, if it's effortless, is going to be a mortgage, a loan, or otherwise and probably uh, something that's a little bit more valuable to a credit union. And beyond even the generational preference for digital banking, mobile and digital platforms have become an even bigger consideration since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. What are some ways that credit unions might adapt their digital platforms for these improved member experiences that you're talking about? When I think about that value proposition, and I talk to financial institutions every day, It's really how do I inject the human being into a more efficient process? And I think when you do that, not only are you going to help the member experience and the customer experience, but you're also going to improve the employee experience, right? And so the ability to sort of take what you're good at, which is customize human personal experiences and inject them at key moments in that digital journey, I think where the opportunity exists, right? And so, you know, again, if a lot of this, investigation of a banking product starts with, I'm going to go to search, I'm going to do my own research. By the time I show up to actually potentially be a customer and start that loan application or the application for a new checking or savings account, I have already done an immense amount of research. So now really it's up to just how you are going to go execute on me as a buyer. And yes, I might get 12 steps into a 30-step process for a mortgage and something may blow up in my world and I've got to run 
and go off and do something else. Well, it would be really nice if that credit union was able to reach out to me on the channel that I want to communicate on and say, look, I know you just started an application for a mortgage. We would love to kind of help you on this channel finish that. And I think that's where you've kind of had this ability to really differentiate yourself is by injecting that human experience into a digital experience and just making it almost like we sometimes do when we have those experiences, look at your phone and go, wow, that just happened, right? And so I, I think that's how I see the ability to sort of inject these tools into a, an otherwise human personal process and experience. And of course, that human touch relies a lot on employees, not only employees who are member-facing, but also back-office staff who are supporting member-facing employees and everything that they're doing. So every team member really has a role to play in this relationship-building work. How can leaders empower their teams to create and maintain those meaningful relationships with members? Even before COVID, for years, credit unions, banks have been talking about how do we get internal employees within our institution to kind of work together better to create these experiences? And so one of the ways to do that was to put tools together that allowed people within different lines of businesses to sort of communicate or share information that would improve customer experiences. And so since COVID, that just put everything on hyperdrive, right? Because when you're all in the same physical location, you can walk over and you can hand paper over or you can talk to a human being about where you are in the underwriting of a loan or the underwriting of a mortgage. After March, that kind of all changed. Not only were people not physically walking into institutions as much, but the employees weren't there. And so now the ability to create differentiated member and customer experiences was predicated on how well you work together as a team. So I think for leaders, it becomes even more important than it was before March to inject tools that take the menial aspects of a process and offload those processes from humans into workflow automation that just makes it a better experience for both members as well as employees so that the employees can offload their time to focus on richer experiences, things that are going to drive more value, more margin for the credit unions. And I think you know, if I'm a leader in one of these credit unions, I'm thinking about what are the tools that I can put into our existing human process that are going to make the member delighted, but also make the employee delighted so that they have the time to kind of focus on more important things. And the good news is there are a lot of these tools out there today, you know, unlike changing a core banking system, which takes years to see the value of, or even customer relationship management change of, of implementing that software, that can take months before you see the value of the labor. Today, there are tools out there where you can get instant feedback on how these the implementation of these tools are providing value. So things like improving your score on Google, things like just simply because you put together an automated process for allowing people to submit an application via text versus a website, you'll see the fruits of that labor pretty quickly in a matter of days and weeks, just simply by how many more loans, how many more accounts, how many more mortgages are we processing since we implemented those tools? You talked about building up your ratings on Google and looking at sheer volume of loans and accounts. What are some other ways that credit unions might measure the success of their efforts toward improving member experiences? It's somewhat what we just talked about, which is I think without these tools, it all just simply comes down to sort of anecdotal measurement of whether that's net promoter scores, whether that's 
feedback that you're getting from customers when they call into a contact center to say, thank you, this was a good experience, or providing some sort of sort of post-call feedback. Press two if you'd like to leave a review. Today, a lot of the tools that exist in the world provide immediate feedback. And the feedback in terms of artificial intelligence and digital sentiment that allows you to sort of measure immediately what is the impact. And I think probably no better way than some of the tools that take you from interest to actually closing an account and how do I onboard quicker? All of those things are going to translate in things that are measurable for a credit union. Things like how many more interest-bearing accounts did we open this month? How many more loans did we initiate this month? How many more mortgages did we initiate this month? Because we implemented these tools is probably the best indicator of how you measure success in these tools. Because if you're closing more loans, you're closing more accounts, more people are opening accounts, you'll know that you're getting that immediate feedback in a way that you can measure. That's where the world has sort of changed is previous to the modern world we live in with these in real time technologies where you can see your Google score go up and see that feedback. It used to be very anecdotal on, you know, you'd make a massive investment in some technology like call center technology or a better website. It was hard to really determine, measure those things other than net promoter scores. And and so today, I think these tools come with insights, dashboards, and reports that tell you how they're adding impact to the organization. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. This podcast is sponsored by Podium. Loyalty starts with better member experiences. Better member experiences lead to more business. Visit podium.com slash CUNA to see how you can provide a better member experience and improve how your credit union shows up online.